Ollie. Costa, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. How are you? Uh, good. Uh, I, yeah, I, I was just saying, I, I got married on the weekend, which is which is really cool. Congratulations, married thank man. You. Yeah, thank you very much. So I, I, I'm only mentioning it because uh, because we mentioned the engagement about a year ago. Uh, so, yeah, so I have met, as, as you were saying uh, before we started recording, I've made an honest woman out of my partner. Very good. So you said it was just a very small little wedding. Yeah, yeah, just just a tiny little thing, which is, mate, that's the way to do it. Can, can I can I recommend two things for for potential uh, bridegrooms or brides out there? Um, Please keep it small. I mean, that's 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 just obvious. But like, basically, like rail against any family pressure or anything like that to have something big. Just ignore people. Um, and do something small. That's the first piece of advice. The second piece of advice is have your reception, lunch, dinner, whatever you want, have it in like a hotel restaurant and stay in that hotel. Do you know how easy it is to just be like, ah, we're done. I'm going up to the room. That's <laughs> like, like that is so, so much easier than getting in, saying the goodbyes, getting in the car, going off to wherever the hell you want, blah, 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 all that crap. You don't need it. You don't need it. Do everything in one place. Even better if you can take some photos like nearby. Well, that sounds great. Yep. Anyway, more importantly, <laughs> yeah. You in a WhatsApp chat earlier this week, mm. you said something just like a little throwaway comment, and it really stuck with me. Okay. What and was it? well. It was something that I think is just so simple and self-evident that maybe it's too simple. Maybe we just forget it playing playing this game. Um, and it also sort of like echoes echoes in real life. Uh, but yeah, basically what you said was money is a means, not an end. Yeah, is, is that not obvious? I guess so. But, you know, when you're playing super coach and you look at like low break evens or you look at guys who are about to play their third game and, you know, got to make a chunk of money and, you know, do I trade in the keeper or do I trade in that guy? Like we always talk about it, but it's so easy to get lured in by that free $100,000 that you're going to get this week if you trade in that guy. Um. Yeah, yeah. Look, and I, uh, I feel like I feel like I forget that. So I just wanted to mention it again, just in case any listeners are in the same boat as me. I know you're pretty, you're, you're the strictest uh, with that kind of rule. You never, you never see money as an ends, but you know. Yeah, look, I think it's worth a reminder. I mean, I talk about it all the time, as you say. Um, and there's going to be some really good examples of it in some of the stuff I want to talk about tonight. So that's that's good. But yeah, I mean, I've like, and we'll get into this a bit more. But a lot of people are saying, "Oh, Madison's like two hundred thousand cheaper than Papali, uh, So mm-hmm. why not just get Madison in?" Yeah. And um, and my like my, my answer to that moment is, I just want the best seventeen in my side. I actually, don't care how much they cost. At this stage of the season, if you can afford the best, just get the best. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. And yeah, I mean, if there's something really good you can do with that 200k, then by all means. But if it's just going to sit around, or if there's not, you know, it doesn't actually affect what your second trade was going to be. That's right. Just get the best player. That's right. And I, I, I think the the additional consideration there is because Papa Lee is available in the front row, he is that much better than like the next best player at at that position than Madison is at his position. Madison's going to be a top second rower, but probably not the top second rower, whereas so far in this season, Papali'i is like the top front rower by a considerable margin. Yeah. All right, so we're delving into it anyway. But um, So this is the, the David Fafita discussion. So the big news of the week mm-hmm. is um, is that David Fafita is suspended for a couple of weeks. I have no idea what the Titans were doing trying to fight the charge. They should have just taken the one week, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, he's 850K or something, or is he more than that? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got 140 break even. He's going to yep. miss. He's definitely going to miss three out of the next four games. There's yes. quite a large possibility that he misses five out of the next six. Uh, sorry, four out of the next right, five. Yep. If he if he gets rested in the the game after Origin. Yep. And then they actually play in the round eighteen game, which is the post Origin three. Mm-hmm. Um, they play on the Friday night, so so that's a two day turnaround. So he could miss what's that six out of nine potentially. Yeah. Don't know that, but that's a lot of games for eight hundred fifty k to be sitting around. So. For me, he's a straight up sell. I'm not even going to think about it. Um, what, I, do you, what do you think? Uh, uh, I wish I wish I could say something more interesting, but I totally agree with you. He's a straight up sell for me as well. Yeah. I wouldn't even wouldn't even think about it. Um, if you're playing head to head, I guess maybe you think about keeping him. But or if you've got like a really really deep squad and you think he can carry him for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and then even even if you bring him in. You know, between between the two buys, like you know, Roosters, Manly, Raiders, not a great run. No, yeah, I I think I probably won't get him back until like around. Well, if he plays eighteen, maybe eighteen. Otherwise, nineteen. Yeah. Origin. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I would tend to do the same. And you know, he it's the it's the same situation as as earlier in the season when. Teddy was worth a lot of money a little bit later when Pappenhausen was worth a lot of money. You've, there's so much money in that one player that you can often turn them into uh, one and a half or two guns and improve your team significantly. It's not always a one-for-one swap yeah. when they're that expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that what you've just described is the situation where you'd maybe choose the Madison over Papali'i as the replacement. Because sure. it allows you to trade up someone else to like an absolute gun. Yep. I'm in the situation where it, 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 there's no second player that I really want that much that costs that much. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to do the one for one swap. I've been trying to get, well, thinking about getting properly in for a couple of weeks. Yeah. It just looks so good. So, you know, his yep. base plus power for the last two weeks has been 81 and 91. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not that. actually reliant on attacking stats anymore. Uh, the, the only thing I would say about him is that Reed Marnie was like concussed last week, yeah, and he may have gotten inflated minutes because of that. Because the week before he only got sixty-eight minutes. That's right. So you know maybe he only gets sort of sixty-five minutes, but even in sixty-five minutes, he's doing a lot. He's getting shitloads of tackle busts. He's getting offloads. He looks a threat to score at any given point. 
yeah, I think even in a quiet week, he's a 70-point play. So, you know, you, t- you take that day in, day out. I got him in last week. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I totally understand getting him in. And I think and he's got much more upside than Madison. I don't think it's... I don't think Madison is a whatever it is, 200k cheaper version. I think Madison is very good, but I think, I actually think probably he has a lot more upside. And Madison's got more downside with the head knocks. Yeah, exactly. There's the concussion thing. And I, you know, I've already been burnt with that once this year. And he just seems to have that kind of tackling technique where he could cop a head knock at any time. Yeah. I think I'll be waiting until like round 12 or round 13 for Madison just so that the chances of that happening are much lower. Right. And if he gets if he gets the head knock in like post round thirteen, I won't I won't worry about it quite so much. Because I can just oh, trade yeah. him out. Okay. okay, that's interesting. So I probably will be getting Madison this week. Um just because I think he's the most obvious uh, round thirteen playing gun available to me. But anyway, we can discuss that later. So hang on. So I wanna I wanna just dive in on this for a little bit. Okay. Sure. So what about Tofu Harris? Ah, okay, so I would not get Tohu Harris because he doesn't play round 13. That's so that's what right. I thought you were going to say. Now, if you get Madison, are you planning on holding Madison for the season? No. You're not? I, you don't think he's a keeper? Not. I uh, No, I actually just think he'll get his head knocked in again. <laughs> if he doesn't get his head knocked, would you keep him for the season? It depends on what happens with Barnett, which is another conversation we have to have. Yeah, okay. But do you see where I'm going with this? No, I don't. If you're going to keep Madison for the season, if you think he's a keeper, yeah, and if you're going to keep Tohu Harris for the season, if you think he's a keeper, then whether they play around 13 or 17 doesn't matter. Of course it does. What no, it are you doesn't. talking about? No, it doesn't, because you're going to hold both of them. So That's fine, but if you so get miss, Madison... Hang on. So, if you, so get... if you get Tohu Harris, you miss a player in the 13 round, and if you get Madison, you miss a player in the 17 round. It makes no difference. It oh, only okay. matters if you're going to trade Madison out. If you're going to trade, if you're going to keep Madison through round thirteen and then yep. trade him to a round seventeen player, then it matters. Well, that's what potentially I'm, I may be doing, and it might be to Harris. Sure, but but what I'm saying is, I'm not sure. Think people are thinking that way, right? Like they're thinking, oh, I've got to get guys in for round thirteen. So, like, I mean, I'm, Madison is also cut price. Yeah, sure. Whereas Harris sure. is not. Hundred percent, but like, I think that you've got to think about that rule. So, like, I've max traded so far, right? Yep. So I'm running out of trades, mm-hmm. and if I, I'm mostly looking to to trading keepers at this point, right? Like, I'm not, yep. I don't really, even if they've got round thirteen coverage, I don't really want to get in guys that I'm going to have to trade out again because I just don't have the trades to do it. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's why for me, like, I'm mostly trading out Origin guys. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, guys that I don't see as keepers, say like a Connor Watson or something like that. Yeah. Um, but whether they play 13 or 17, if I'm trading to keepers, it doesn't actually matter. They're just, I just see them as collective numbers that I can play in either round 13 or 17. Yeah, sure. Yep. All right. Hey, just before we get into the rest of the news, how'd you go on the weekend? Uh, I won my head to head, which, like, uh, of course, you don't care, but can I say winning your head to head? On the same weekend that you get married. In fact, in fact, so there was news. There was there was there was news that Connor Watson may be out, right? And I was going off to my 
to take my wedding photos just as that game was about to start. <laughs> and like, like I very, very, very quickly checked the team list. You know, there, there was, there was a certain level of commitment there. So anyway, um, so what yeah. you actually want to know, uh, I, so I scored thirteen twenty-seven. Um, I'm currently still in the three thousandths. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, but I mean, you know, you're just, you're just laying up for me to say, Hey Costa, how did you go on the weekend? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I did pretty well. So yeah. you were talking about your wedding and, and whatnot. Can I just say, had I be, gotten married this weekend? Yeah. I don't, it would have been I the second best been... thing that happened to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would have been the second best thing to happen to me after watching Turbo score 192 points as my captain. Yeah, yeah. My my week was looking okay um, mm-hmm. coming into that that game, but not amazing. Yeah, and then Turbo just went ballistic, and yeah, so I scored 1460. Yeah, and I'm now inside the top hundred in 83rd. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 very very nice. Squeaky bum, squeaky bum time, as people would say. Yeah. Um, Mind you, the guy in first is still 400 points ahead of me. It's a lot of points. Mm, yeah. Apparently he saved four trades or something. I think he was... Someone said that he's already saved four trades. And I've saved none. I've mass traded. Well... So, yeah. But anyway, yeah. it's going pretty well. I traded in Ponga last week. So did I. Which so I, cool. I did Ponga and Papali'i. Yeah, right. Well, they're very nice trades. My second trade was um, Jermaine Isaaco. Uh-huh. And... And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later, but trying to decide between last week between best Isaac and Nofaluma. Mm-hmm. And best went around first and scored quite badly. Yep. And then Nofo was running around and was on about 25 with 10 minutes to go. And I was feeling so smug about my decision. And then the fucking ref let him take a quick tap off a penalty that wasn't a penalty. And they never let anyone take quick taps. Like mm-hmm. no one's been allowed to take a quick tap for about 10 years. But of all the ones to call back, this was the one to call back because the the Titans were trying to challenge the call and he didn't let them. Yeah. And then he went and like ran through five people and scored a try. And then they had momentum. And then five minutes later, he scored another try. Yeah. And he scored 80 points in about 10 minutes and he wouldn't score any of them if the ref hadn't been dickhead. Anyway, so I was feeling a lot less smug after that. And yeah. now I've got, you know, remorse that I should have just gone the safe route and gotten over Luma. All right. So next thing I want to talk about, and we touched on it just briefly Looks like Barnett and Watson are now sharing the same spot. Yeah. With the, with the return of Fitzgibbon. Yeah, not ideal. Not ideal. Um, most they're very popular super coach players. Most people still have both of them. Mm-hmm. I probably would have thought of pretty hard about trading Barnett out if it wasn't for the Fafita news. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna hold both of them. I'm just gonna hope that uh, O'Brien realizes that they're both pretty good players and they both need more than forty minutes. Mm-hmm. If not, I'll probably sell Barnett next week because he's going to leak a lot of cash. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, because of because of both the Fafita and Capewell situations, um, I don't have the luxury to trade either of those guys. So, yeah, I'll be holding them this week and see what happens. Now, I mean, they've got the Tigers, so mm. there's a chance that one or both of them actually goes pretty well, in which case... Uh, being around 10 
would suggest we can maybe hold them through that buy. If like if 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 either of them scores like hundred points, I don't care whether they're sharing positions. I'm holding them through the buy, or through well, the buy. The other thing is, it matters whether or not you have to play them every week. Yeah, so that's true. I think I I'm gonna I have to play one of them every week with mm-hmm. my team set up. So that's mm-hmm. why, like, I'd probably hold Watson because I think he can probably more or less hold value. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'd be more likely to to trade Barnett to someone because I'm going to have to play someone in that position every week. But they will they will score pretty well in round 13, given that Frizzell's going to play Origin. Yeah. So I think Barnett goes back to the edge, and what yeah. that opens up time for Watson to play big minutes at 13. Mm-hmm. Potentially Barnett kicks goals that week. Mm-hmm. Um, although probably Tex Hoy does. Yep. Mm. Yeah. You know what? Like. Playing them in your 17, not playing them in your 17, that brings me to uh, something that I've been thinking about a fair bit the last few days. Okay. Uh, overripe fruit. So do you find yourself having your um, dressing room players, the ones who are not making your 17, you're just watching them lose value slowly, slowly, because you just don't get around to trading them? I'm talking about the Stefanos and the uh, Ryan James to some extent. Uh, Josh Schuster is a good example this week. Those kinds of guys. Like, what do you? What's your attitude towards dressing room guys who are losing money? Uh, I mean, it depends. Like Stefano. Uh, look, I want the number for round thirteen. You know, even the 30, yeah, but, 40 points that he's going to score. Although he's not in the team this week, I'm just hoping that he gets recalled. Yeah. I don't really care if he loses 50K in the scheme of things. Um, James, as long as he gets a decent run of games together, he'll hold value. Um, I don't have Schuster. I actually want to talk about Schuster because a lot of people are thinking about trading Schuster to gamble. But yeah, yeah. I, I think Schuster's a hold, but I'm, I'm a non-owner. I'm an owner and I'm holding. He's got a great draw. Yeah. And and I still think that with Turbo back in the team, like there's quite a lot of attacking stats in his future. Yes. So it's funny you say that. So I sold Saab, I think it was two or three weeks ago when he had a break-even of nine and I severely doubted his ability to make his break-even. <laughs> yeah, and um, Turbo's turned him into a superstar. And I, I, the thing is, I knew that was the case. I was just like, hold Saab until Turbo comes back. Hold Saab until Turbo comes back. Put the Turbo in the Saab. But no. <laughs> no. I was just like, oh, fuck, I can get this AE nightmare out of my team. And I did it, and I, I'm so regretful. I'm so regretful. I still have Tessie, Tessie New in my team, just sitting there. Yeah. Should have just sold that guy. So in answer to your question, like I'm not going to fuck around with a trade over someone losing 50k or 100k. Um, if if there's not a good reason to do that trade, like it's not going to make my team stronger in other ways or or whatever it is. Um, would you do it to free up 100k though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a different thing. Is that wouldn't be because I'm losing. I'm worried about losing 50k. It's because I want to free up the 100k to make my team stronger elsewhere. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm going to trade outside this week. Yeah. Oh, come Why on, not? I wanted a better reaction. He's got All a minus right. 20 BE. Mate. You're supposed to say you're crazy. Why would you do that? 
Okay. You're crazy, Costa. Why would you do that? <laughs> now, it does, now it just doesn't seem... No, no, no. Explain it to me. I just want to trade up to a gun. I don't care that he's got a minus 20 VE. So don't, do you still have Simonson? Yep. So why are you trading Saab over Simonson? Because Saab is like worth 100k more and he can um, get me up to the gun that I want to trade up to. So I can trade Saab to either Nofo or I'm actually looking very hard at uh, Ikevalu. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still have Cape Roll? I don't. I traded him out last week. So, right, okay. so doing one of those trades would allow me not to, to have to play um, Kelly this week. Kelly's mm-hmm. got the Panthers. Yep. And I yeah, think it would be a bit of a pod move because I think a lot of people are going to like dig around playing a Jason Saab or something, which mm-hmm. could go well because they've got they've all got good matchups. But um, yep. I think there is a likelihood that it doesn't go well. Yep. Um, a lot of capable owners like myself are talking up sitting him this week and playing Simonson. Exactly. Or or Staines if you've got him or, or Saab. Yeah. So, I mean, I could do that. I could play Simonson and just and hold Saab. But mm-hmm. like Ikevalu, for example, he's only got like a 10 BE anyway. So if he scores like, I don't know, 70 against the Cowboys yep. and Saab scores 30, then he'll make as much money as Saab anyway. Okay. And he so- scores a lot more points. So, so if I offered you the binary decision of Nofo or Ikevalu, what's what's your thought process there? Can I just before we get into that, I want to answer that question. But before we get into that, can I can I do something? Yep. I'm going to read you a list, and mm-hmm. I want to get your I want to want to see if you can figure out what I'm getting at just by me reading you this list. Okay. And the list is going to be. The top twenty averaging centers this year, when center wings, and oh, like I'll just take out any guys that haven't played more than say two games. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Brett Morris, Brian Toor. This is from the top down. Mm-hmm. Corey Thompson, Jermaine Azarko, Jordan Rapana, Matt Ikevalu, Josh Adokar, Paul Momorowski, Tyrone Peachy, Val Holmes, Ruben Garrick, Blake Ferguson. David Nofaluma, Mike Acevo, Dane Gagai, George Jennings, Morgan Harper, Dane Laurie, Daniel Tupu, Kurt Capewell. Mm-hmm. What do you notice about that list? Is there anything? Nothing springs to mind. Can you give me a clue? Think about what positions they do or don't play. Well, most of them are wingers. Not all, but most of means. Yep. What are they not? (coughs) They're not centers. Yeah. So of those top 22, there are only three centers. Actually, guys that play in the center position, they're Paul Momorowski, who is, surprise, surprise, a center in the best team and has scored a try almost every week. Yep. Um, And then you have to go down to Dane Gagai, Mm -hmm. who's like 17th on this list. Yep. And then there's Morgan Harper, who's nineteenth yes. on the list. So yeah. there's one, there's one out and out center in the top sixteen. Yeah, this is this is your this is your Brian Kelly rage, is it? No, it's not actually my Brian Kelly range rage, but it was. It dawned on me kind of when I was watching Bradman Best the other day, uh-huh. is that both the way that the NRL has gone 
in terms of actually playing on the field and the way that super coach scoring has gone has moved away from the centers. So firstly, the sweep play, like if you think about all the scoring options, I suppose that the fullbacks have, mm-hmm. they have the sweep play, which they almost always get the try assist for. Right. And that's the play that's used by pretty much every coach in the NRL. Yep. They have the play up the middle where they do the sort of inside out, inside outside ball. Right. Yep. They have kick returns where there's, you know, maybe broken defense where they might get a line break. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those fullbacks have goal kicking. Mm-hmm. What scoring opportunities do the centers have? The very few times where they set up their winger, they tend to get it like a, a TC anyway. Yep. Yeah. So they basically have to be scoring all the tries on their own. And we know that centers don't score that many tries typically. Yep. So the centers are basically just being left out of this game. Like the, what I'm saying is just don't pick centers. Like Bradman best, don't pick him. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But like I as I was as I was seeing our chat the other day, like when I was looking at the Knights, I was looking at whoever the left winger was over best. I think I thought Heimel Hunt was gonna be playing last week. I he didn't end up playing, but you know, guys like somebody like that I think has much more value to catch a pong and cutout than best having to like run through five people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that that got me thinking, okay, well, if I don't want centers, who what do I want? And I thought, well, I either want fullbacks, mm-hmm. and particularly fullbacks with goal kicking, because they've yep. got so many scoring options. Yeah. So Holmes and Isaaco are the two good examples of that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Holmes plays Origin, so that's kind of probably why I got Isaaco. And then I'm thinking, otherwise, I want wingers with very good base that are also going to score lots of tries. So either you know, they have very good draw and they're in very good team or whatever. And that's where I get to Ikevalu. I mean, we've seen how many tries that Brett Morris has scored on that right wing for the Roosters over the years. Yep. You've got Sam Walker who loves the tri- triple cutout. And his base is actually pretty good and they've got a pretty good draw. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Nofo obviously has better base. He's got probably the best, well, apart from Do'o, he's got the best base in the game. Mm-hmm. But it's just a question of how many tries is he going to get. Yeah, well, I, I I guess the the more pertinent question is, will, and this is cu- coming back to your you know, uh, Madison versus Harris argument. Are both these players going to be keepers at the end of the season? Are you playing on whether you get Nofo or Ikavalu? Do you expect to hold them through the season? Now, like Nofo's got the pedigree, Ikavalu doesn't, but like he's he's pretty much got the spot though. He's got that spot, and that's that spot made Brett Morris the number one centre wing. Exactly, Brett Morris was in that spot, and he's average million year. Exactly, 90, he's a million years old. point three. Yeah, and and you know some of that is because Brett Morris is amazing, but a lot of it is because it's just that spot. Yep, yep. And we saw that last week, Ikevalu scored a hundred. Yeah. Um, and you know what his ownership is? What? Zero point seven percent. Yeah. Right. That's after trades this week. He was 0.2% last week. Okay. So he's a pot and a half. But yeah. I guess one part of me is thinking that I'm over outsmarting myself again and I should just get an over. Like, I actually think Ikevalu is a safer play if if you think you're going to hold him through the season. He's got a lower break even. He's on a more reliable team. The In fact, I'd say the his, biggest His risk base is, is lower, though. His base is considerably yeah. lower. It's not terrible. It, it, it was around 30 last year. Yeah. But, you know, Nofo is a base and power stat beast. 
Sure. You know, he's going to rely on those tries. Yeah. And also, they're saying Sam Walker is a 50-50 this week. That, yeah, so that, that's what I was getting that to. Does worry I me. The, the biggest risk to Ikevalu is a injury to Walker. Because if Walker's injured and he's got Drew Hutchison or Lachlan Lamb trying to throw cutouts, maybe he's going to catch a collar out there. Yes and no. I kind of feel like if Walker gets injured, Teddy might end up getting more ball. One of the tries that Ikevalu mm-hmm. got set up for last week was actually Teddy giving him the the sweet play pass. Yeah. But yeah, look, not having Sam Walker there would be a, a big negative. And I can't, I don't think I can wait because Saab plays early in the week. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to see if Sam Walker's in or not, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's only one week. Yeah. I think I will hold Nikavalu for probably most of the season, almost all of the season. There's a question over like, I think I'm going to get homes around you know, after Origin sometime, and there'll be a question of who, who goes for Holmes. Mm-hmm. Could be him. But he's also got a really good draw around that 17 uh, stage. Okay. And over the next couple of weeks. Anyway, um, so that's one thing I want to decide on. So, I mean, if you if you do have to trade out Capewell this week, I think that's all relevant. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is don't trade Capewell to Braden Best. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, Bradman Best does have probably the best draw out of all of them. And, and you know, he's a very good player. Yep. But I just think his scoring options are very limited. Yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What else? Grant and Munster are out. Hmm. Makes Open the kind of... May play? Yeah. Well, Munster said on NRL 360 tonight that um that he's he's actually like more like an outside chance. Oh, okay. Like he's and and like he, Nico Hines is going so well. Like, why would they risk him? Yeah. If he doesn't play, and who knows, that'd be a, a real kick in the guts for those that have held him held on this long. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, for those that bought Nico Hines three weeks ago, they'll be absolutely laughing. Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah, that would have been an amazing buy. Yeah, almost a trade of the season if you yep. got on the first week. Yeah. Also, there's no guarantees that even if Pappy plays, that Hines doesn't get a spot. I can see Riley can Jackson. See what, yeah, yeah, I can see a world where he plays five eight. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. He hasn't been named there, but you can see a world where he plays five eight, and maybe Riley Jacks goes to the bench or something. Hmm. Um. Uh. So you know who's, you know who's been killing it in that team, but hasn't really got the cred, or hasn't really got. Yeah. You almost had him preseason, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I wanted to bring him in, but I ended up setting up my team with Fogarty um, instead, which didn't go well. Uh, but, I mean, in all honesty, like, Hughes's first five rounds, he averaged, like, 50. And then he's just he's just gone, like, yeah. crazy. So you might have you might have ended up selling might, him anyway exactly. before he went nuts. Exactly. Um, right. Do you think there's any correlation between Pappy being out and Hughes going well? Uh, no, I, I, like, I don't think so. Like, Pappy's been out, what, two weeks now? Three. Ah, uh, three weeks. Maybe a little. I, th- I think there's probably more correlation to... Actually, maybe there is. Because I was going to say, there's more correlation to Remus Smith being okay and, jo- and George Jennings being okay. Um, because I think, I think Pappy does favour the left. 
but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Look, if you can find a way to get, I mean, what about would you do? Can't Sam, we? Would you do Sam Walker to Hughes? No, Hughes is seven hundred and eighteen yeah. grand. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. But there are people talking about that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the, I think you've missed the boat on him, unfortunately. So um, if so, if Munster doesn't play, who kicks in that team? You'd imagine Hines would, I guess, if he's if he's in the team. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Sorry, if Munster doesn't play or if Pappenhausen doesn't play. If neither play. Oh, if neither play. Yeah, if yeah. neither play, then you'd think Heinz kicks. Yeah, right. Which even better for Ernest. Now, what, like, I'm guessing that, like, Grant and Monster are both cells, right? If you've got either of them. Uh, yeah. Monster, I th- Well, okay, maybe a different question. If you've got Fafita, Grant, and Monster, what do you do? I think you, okay, so I think you definitely have to sell for feeder because he's definitely out for two weeks, and he's definitely playing Origin. Um, yeah. I think and, he's, and he's got the like the highest break even as well, and he's the most money to have sitting on the yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I agree. I think Fafita goes first. Yeah, I, I would say I, I would say Fafita goes first, then Monster, then Grant. Grant's the last one I'll get rid of. So the only thing about that is apparently Grant's injury is like at least two weeks and it's a hamstring injury. Ah, uh, is it? Oh, uh, yeah. So like, okay. mm. who knows? He could be out for a month. Yeah. The, the thing I was going to say about Grant, like this, the hooking options are pretty thin, right? Now that Grant's out, yeah. I assume, you've already, assume most teams have already got Braley. Yeah. You could Marnie's trade, got a head knock. Yeah, you could trade to read Marnie and I think that's a pretty good trade. Assuming money plays, he's got to he's got to get the clearance from the head knock. Yep. But remember, if Grant's injury ends up being worse than we think, money plays Origin. Is money a Queenslander? He is, and he's next right. in line. Right, that's interesting. So I think there is actually some danger of money playing Origin now, at least Origin one. Right. Okay. Which would really fuck you if you brought him in for round thirteen. You know he's a gun, won? though. Like, if, if you're willing to take that risk, money is an absolute gun, and he's going to get cheaper over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You know who I've got a, sort of a little eye on in the hooking position? Tell me. Happy. Yeah, well, that's he was the next one I was going to say. Yeah. He's um he's good. He's very injury-prone, though. He's very injury-prone. But he goes too hard. He just tries to smash people all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, tight and souths, doggies... Tigers, sharks, it's a pretty sweet run. It's a great run, yeah. Well, look, I like the He went back to 80 minutes on the weekend. No one's going to have him. No one's going to have him. And, yeah, yeah, he's the kind of player that can kind of cut through defences when he wants to. Yeah. His only risk is if something happens to Cook, then he's probably next in line for New South Wales. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Surely not. So we talked a bit about options for Capewell. Um, I suppose you could hold him given all the shit that's going on, but in reality, I think his time is up, right? He's going to play Origin. You'd think so, yeah. I mean, you could keep him as like a kind of fifth, sixth centre wing all year if you wanted to. He's the kind mm-hmm. of guy that when like other guys have got bad draws, you can like slot him in there and he's going to probably score you 45 or 50. Yeah, but like in the in the list you read out, you read out he is. He was like the eighteenth best centre wing, something like that. Yeah, and he's been scoring a try every second game. Yeah, which may, maybe he, he maintains that. 
Um, and I was very, very bullish on him, like, you know, after weeks three or four, something like that, when uh, I think you were like, yeah, Capable's just kind of like just a guy. I'm like, well, no, you can't, like, you get, you get, you know, 40 points in base and you get a try every other week. Like, you know, who is that kind of reliable? But realistically, the average just doesn't, it's just not good enough. No, it's not. It's not. Um, and yeah, look, if he didn't play Origin, I'd probably keep him for a while. He's, but... Yeah, he's almost too safe. He's too safe for his own good. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is the cheapies. So we had three cheapies that were potentially on the go this week, and they've kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit, yep. apart from one of them. So mm-hmm. uh, Zach Sini has been dropped. Actually, look, well, I mean, there's a bit of a general clusterfuck on that Tigers team list. But anyway, we'll talk about yeah. that in a second. So yep. Zaxini's been dropped. Yeah. Um, Max Figai had, you know, he went okay. He scored about 30 in his second game and he's been mm-hmm. picked again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyson Gamble is going pretty well. Yep. Um, so just, so Zaxini is obviously no go because he's not around. Figai. And he scored like nothing. Yeah, he scored like yeah. nothing as well. Yeah. Um, Figai, I'm a bit worried. So we know Lomax is going to be out for a while, but they've still got, what Pereira and potentially um, Braden Williami to come back. Yep. So I'm just still a bit worried about his job security. He might hold his spot over, say, Braden Williami, mm-hmm. but is he worth the risk for what he's going to score? No. Maybe. And probably not. Doesn't, doesn't have the. Yeah. His break even is not low enough to. Yeah. I mean, we'll play around 13, but, you know, he might only get you 25 points in round 13. Yep. Tyson Gamble. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Tyson Gamble? He scored pretty well in the first two games. So okay, so two things about Tyson Gamble. So his break even is basically low enough. Like he's going to make he's going to make a lot of money. Um, he's handy in that he's a dual position in halfback five eighth, which is actually really useful this year. Um, my only concern with him is. He's playing a rejuvenated Manly this week, whatever you can, you know, that might go well, that might go bad. But then he's got Roosters and Manly. Oh, sorry, Roosters and uh, Melbourne, I should say. Mm. And it's just a difficult position right now. If if I had an extra trade to consider trading out Schuster to him, maybe, That's maybe. That's a popular trade that people are doing. But, you know. I don't think I would do that trade unless. As we said, money's a means, not an end. That's Why right. You you really kind of like something. I've heard people say, "Oh, I'm just going to make money and he's going to play around 13." Well, if he doesn't get an attacking stat in round 13, he could score you 20. Yeah. Uh, he may not make that much money because he's got those hard games, so he might make a bit of money. Yeah. Like he's he's just played the Titans and the Cowboys. Come on. Yeah. His base was actually pretty good. He was making a lot of tackles. His yeah. Base is around the 30 mark. Mm-hmm. But who knows if it's going to stay there. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Look, I don't hate it, but I would only be doing it if, you know, like because if you're doing a Schuster to him or a Munster to him, you'd better be using that money well elsewhere because the other thing is, I mean, his jewel, which is which is handy, but if if your gun 5-8 goes down, then you're going to have to play him probably. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of those tight positions where I, I kind of think at this point in the season, you kind of want two playable guys in those positions. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't. I don't love it. I don't hate it, but 
I don't think it's a slam dunk. I'm probably gonna gonna miss him. You know why I'm gonna miss him? Why? Oh fuck, I know why. <laughs> Jock Madden. Fuck. Been waiting all season. Now he's he's only. Well, you haven't been waiting all season. You didn't expect him to, to go anywhere near a team list. No, that's not true. I got him. In, oh. I, I picked him based on the fact that I thought he was next in line if, if if the halfback went down. Okay. And he's dual. Yep. But anyway, he's on the bench. Now, mm-hmm. this, as I said, this Tigers team is a bit of a clusterfuck. So, so Adam Dewey, who's like the flavor of the week, well, he was the flavor of the week until team lists got named, has been punted out to the centers, which seems absolutely fucking nuts. And then we've got Moses Mabai has moved into number six, and we've got Madden on the, in the fourteen with Simkin out altogether. I have to think it's a smokescreen for for Brooks getting dropped. I just can't figure it out otherwise. Is it possible that just like you know, the guide to being a, a coach in the NRL is throw shit at the wall until it sticks, <laughs> and then and then you'll be loud as a genius. So if things aren't going well, just throw more shit. You know, just check. Like this, like dropping players just when you get smashed every week. Like drop drop them for who? Like if you pick them, you thought they were the best players. Did something like did something really change that you're going to replace half the team or move half the team around? But also, he's dropped like the people he's dropped are not the people that are playing bad. Like yeah. he dropped Simpkin, who's like a nineteen-year-old. Who, yeah, he made like an error out of dummy half, but I think he's been playing he's pretty played, well he's on the whole. Played three games and he scored a try. He dropped Sini because he dropped a couple of balls. Yeah, he had a shocker, but like, why pick him if you're only going to play him for two games? Yeah. Like, was that really the problem? And is Dewey just like I guess Dewey to the centers? Maybe maybe he thinks that shores up the defense or something. I don't know. Like, Dewey's been the shining light of that team. Yeah. So I can only think that maybe. That they, he wants to divert the media attention of dropping Brooks, who's on big money, mm-hmm. and and he's going to drop Brooks and maybe move Dewey back and and maybe play Madden. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but who the fuck knows? Well, I mean, it, it's it's the first game of the round anyway, so that's true. Um, we've been talking about Dewey a bit, like like let's assume that he goes back to the halves. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, fuck you! Like you rained shit on me because I said last week that he that he like the guy <laughs> said he had no player. upside, and then he scored one hundred and forty-one. I said he's a solid option with no upside. <laughs> what does he need to score to have upside? Well, fuck Costa! Like <laughs> you know, you know, you're the one who called Papaliti a chump at the beginning of the season. You know, I did. You, call him you a did. Chump. You did. I'll go back and find. It was I said, I said that, that you can't pick a bench player. No, you unsuited. know, you said you said he was a chump. Did I actually call him a chump? Like you may not have said the word chump, but basically you meant like whatever you said, it meant the same. I thing. mean, yeah, okay, I was wrong about that. What, what are we arguing about anyway? Like, like yes, yes, you're right about Dewey. Like <laughs> fuck. So yes, anyway, yeah, um, it, like, it looks like he has upside. Yeah, look, I'm not, uh, I, to be honest. Sorry, Kaylin. I said I didn't think he had the upside because he plays in, like, the fucking shittest team. That's why. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it's true. And I'm, like, not 100% convinced that he's got that much upside anyway, if, even though I gave you all that shit. Like, the Titans are really bad in defense. Yeah. And, and a lot of those points kind of, they came in, like, the last 10 minutes of that game. 
you know, the Titans were up by 20. They kind of, they turned off, I think. Mm. I can't, I'll, to be fair, he's been like hitting like kind of 80, 90 points on a regular basis. Um, he's playing well. He's kicking goals. I think he's a good option. I wouldn't expect him to be scoring 140s every week though. Like I think, I think given what we've just seen with Munster going down, you know, Schuster's not scoring that well at the moment. Like I, th- I think Schuster's a whole, but you know, I don't, I don't mind the idea of, of picking Dewey up now, assuming he does end up playing five eight this weekend. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure that, like, I think people's expectations for him might be a little high. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like you know, before last week. I think I saw him as basically another Jack Whiten, like a, a, a goal-kicking Jack Whiten. He's but, got a much better passing game than Jack Whiten. Yeah, that's true. I mean, fuck. He's got a really nice... Um, oh, yeah, has a better passing game than Jack Whiten. <laughs> yeah, he's got a really nice um, left-to-right passing, like, cut out. Yeah. All right. The only the only other thing... Oh, well, a couple more things. We sort of touched on it. I mean, if you had to pick one to play between Saab, Simonson, and Staines this week, who would it be? Uh, so they're all got they've all got very good matchups. Simonson plays the Bulldogs. Staines plays the Titans with on the side with No Fafita, and um, and that's also Brian Kelly's side, who's a pretty shit defender. And Saab uh, is playing the Broncos. And Turbo seems to be setting him up for a lot of tries. I'd probably play Staines out of those three. Yeah, okay. So Saab was on zero at halftime last week. Yeah, not surprising. And then he scored like 90. Yeah. But, you know, Turbo is putting him away. Mm. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what the answer is. It, it's like flip flip coin territory. No one's got a crystal ball. They've all got pretty good matchups. Mm. I'm going to avoid the whole situation and play gun instead. Yeah. So... So flip it. So okay. So flip a coin scenario. I've got one for you. Mm. And, I, and I'm and I'm going to ask you a question as well. Flip a coin. Who gets the armband, Ponga or Turbo? Well, yeah, I have that problem because I've got both of them. Yeah, um, and mean, meaning that also you can't VC the other one. I think it's got to be Turbo. Yeah. I mean. I suppose it's like, what do you think about the law of averages? Like, what are the chances of someone going ballistic a couple of weeks in a row? And I do actually think that the Broncos have the forward pack to kind of trouble Manly's forward pack, given Manly's lack of props at the moment. Right. Um, but having said that, they do like to leave a gap up the middle. Mm. Turbo's just in irresistible form. Ponga was a bit lucky, I think, to get his 100-odd last week. Yeah, came late. Um, came late. He's just, like, he does, like, a handful of really good things every week, Ponga, but he's not dominant like Turbo is. Mm-hmm. Or, or rarely seems to be anyway. Was, Turbo's just this, like, unstoppable force at the moment. I mean, he, he scored 70-odd against the Panthers. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know no one's turned up against the Panthers this year? Not a single player? Really? Yeah. They're the only team that no one's turned up against. That's impressive. I saw a list the other day. The, the Bulldogs are the worst. They've had like 13 tons scored against them. Yeah. And then down the bottom, it's like, I think Melbourne have only got like one or two and Parramatta have got like one or two right down the bottom, but Penrith on zero. Did you actually, as an aside, did you watch the Melbourne Bunnies game? Yes, I did. 
So Justin Nolan had his fucking Happy Gilmore moment. Like, Happy's learned to putt. Olam learned to pass. <laughs> yeah, but, but okay, so this is the perfect example about what I was talking about the other day. I mean, the other day. What I was talking about at the beginning, about the centres, right? Yeah, he's... Adokar well, scored six tries and, and Olam was passing to him and he scored 60. He's, I think he's still got three try assists, though. Like, actual try assists. Well, even so, he still didn't score that well. Yeah, sure. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. Like you would have I, thought that Olam would, would turn up in that game, if he was ever going to turn up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, back back, back to the captaincy things. So, I've... Yeah, I want to ask you a few things. First of all, if you have one of our top sort of three or four fullbacks playing against one of the bottom teams, do you think you're ever going to captain a David Fafita or a Nathan Cleary for the rest of the year if you're, if you, if that situation exists? And I do you think you would? I don't think you should. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, That's a great question, but I don't think so, which is why I'm leaning towards a straight captain Dubovic. I mean, you, you could vice-captain him and captain... Cleary, which I think will be a popular option, mm-hmm. but then maybe you're just losing the whatever it is, the thirty odd points from your AE. Yeah, um, it's it's just happening like clockwork this season. I mean, look, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. He could get a HIA or do his hammy or whatever it is. So, like the VC gives you that that cover. Yep. But yeah, I mean, we saw with Gutherson, like he played two bad teams. And he turned up both weeks. You know, it's yeah. it's happening like clockwork. But I mean, I just I'm also wondering where where the uh, I guess where the limit is, or you know, like Cleary's playing the Titans this week. Is is 150 out of the question for Cleary? No, it's not. But he's not like we saw on the weekend that Turbo was just getting the sweet play, like you know, as I say, like clockwork, and this, mm. Gutherson does the same thing, just. Put on the play, get the the last, have the last pass. Twenty points, twenty points, twenty points. Yeah. Um, Cleary's got to do. I mean, he's got a lot of scoring options, Cleary, but I feel like he's got to score maybe three tries to get one hundred and fifty, which he could do. Yeah. But I think it's less likely. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think the t- the Titans will certainly be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But if I, I mean, you say flip a coin. If I was a betting man. And I had to bet on one of them to score 150. I'd be putting it on turbo. Yeah, right. Yep. Okay. Mm. So, okay. Uh, so I think you changed my mind on something tonight. What's that? I think I may go Ikevalu over Nofo this week. Wow. So then not only am I going to be upset next week, but you're going to be angry at me. Well, but... I think I'll get Nofo next week as well. So I'm going to get them both. I'm just... Just the timing. Just, just the timing. Mm. I mean, Ikevalu's got, the, I guess, a slightly lower beat, um, break even. He's got a slightly better draw. Yeah. Yep. yep. And I'm not going to miss out on Nofo's round 13 if I get him next week as well. So shout out, a couple of shout-outs. Firstly, the Searching Quarry Unlimited group. Um, so that... The code is 469101 if you want to join the unlimited group. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eliminators, Andrew. Andrew and his Eliminators are leading and 
his overall rank is 38. Um, so it's pretty good. We've actually got like, so I'm coming second, but we've got, we've got nine guys in the top 200 Whoa. out of out of a total of 65. So what's that? Like, I don't know, 15% of the guys in our own limited group are in the top 200. Do you think there's any correlation to this podcast or not at all? I would like to think there is. But also maybe it's just like people that were high rankings want to join unlimited groups because it makes them feel good. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just I'm just gonna assume that you're that that you're the starter culture for this little sourdough. <laughs> Some guy on Twitter said that like he's coming like hundred and tenth or something and um and it was because of the advice that he'd heard on this podcast. So, you know, there you go. and it's, you know, Beaver and Paul Ross have been giving good advice. Yeah, they are. Mm. And the, the Turbo's Hemi Cup, you, you, I've talked to you about this, right? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what, coming what? third. Whoa, it was fourth last week, is that right? I think it was like seventh or something, but the, the league is coming third out of all leagues now. Yeah, well. Um, I'm still leading it in overall points. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you win a head to head this week? I, I won a head to head. I finally got one. So I'm still coming dead last yep. in head to head out of the 20 yep. and, f- yep. and first. Uh, what are the chances of that, right? Yeah. Dead last out of 20 in head to head and 83rd overall. Two years ago in our league, it was like week 10 or week 11 or something like that. And during that week, one person in our league was coming first overall. And another person in our league in the same week that the first guy got into the first position, which he lost the following week anyway. But another guy got the top score for the round. Yeah, right. And neither guy made the eight. <laughs> wow. Head to head. Funny beast. It is. Mm. But like, but you know, you have to plan for it. Like, so this this past weekend, uh, I scored about a hundred points less than you, but the reason for that is because I captained David Fafita and I captained David Fafita because my opponent looked like, it, or it looked, he actually changed captain, but it looked like my opponent was going to captain Fafita. And I thought I was ahead early on. So I took out the, I took out the anti-quad captain. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to do that, right? Like I'm, no. I'm playing overall. The funny thing is in our head to head cash league, um, the one that you and I and Beaver and Pulis are all in, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm coming like second or third, and I haven't mm-hmm. had I haven't made one head-to-head play all season. Yeah, but like, I literally had, haven't changed my team. You've had as in like I haven't fucking bullshit wins. Oh. Like three points against me. Six was it sixteen points against Beaver the other day? Yeah, I got him on. I got Beaver on updates. Yeah, come on. Well, I think that was a pretty good chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish you all the best for this week. Thanks, you too. Uh, Congratulations again on on getting married. So sneaky. Yeah, yeah I didn't that, even know. I know that that's 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 really how how I like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cheers, mate. So hang on. Sorry. Oh. So what what are your trades again this week? Oh, what are my trades? So yeah, I'm going to do Fafita to Papali'i. Yep. Uh, and I think I'm going to do Saab to Ikavalu, but that might depend on the news on Sam Walker. Sam Walker okay. gets ruled out early. I might just go the safe route and get Nofo. Okay. okay. If Nofo yeah. turns up again this week and I don't get him, I'm going to be pretty upset because 
I've had the option to get in for a few weeks now and I keep avoiding it for some reason. Mm. Mm. All right. Yeah, I think I'm going to do Fafita to Madison and Capewell to Ikevalu. I could even just bring in both Ikevalu and Nofo. Um, what, and keep Fafita? No. Sell him by way of uh, Peachy or someone like that. Oh, I don't know if I'd be selling Peachy. No, no, no. It's like by bringing oh, Peachy. Oh, if I move Peachy up. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, who would your, who would your two out of those three be? Madison, Ikevalu, and Nofo? I mean, if I knew that Madison wasn't going to get a head knock, I'd probably say, <laughs> say Madison. But just who knows, right? Yeah. I mean, he has he has the highest break even out of those three players, but they're all achievable. Like he's a sixty-four. Yeah. So you think you think they all like none of them are going to lose money? You think? Basically, I think Madison's fine if you're if you're comfortable with the risk of the the head knock. Like he's going to score well. He's going to be the most consistent scorer of all those guys. He's going to get you. You know, he's got a floor of sixty basically. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's a very solid pick. I don't think he's got actually that good upside. At the moment, I can't see him scoring a lot of tries. Yeah, I mean, he only needs to score a try to fall over the line to score a hundred, but I think that's not going to happen that often. Right. So, so he's back on the back on the right, correct? Yeah, yeah, and he's going to have the kid, Arthur's son. Oh, that's right. For three weeks, that might actually be better for him because Dylan Brown doesn't pass. So, okay, so that that's interesting. So. What advice would you give to Ferguson owners with Matter now? Yeah, yeah, Matter now on the right and fucking no pass wrong Blake back in the team as well. Yeah, um, we'll put it this way. I wouldn't say I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy him. That's fine, but you know, you're you're three weeks away from from a buy that from a buy round that he's probably going to play in. You just. Write it. He's got a break even of eighty four this week. Uh, no, I'm not. You wouldn't sell him. His his base has been good. Like the the eels actually from round thirteen to seventeen eighteen have an amazing run. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I'd definitely be holding him. I just I just don't think I'd be buying him. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I I might still consider buying him in round thirteen. I'll, I'll have to see how the kind of Madison thing plays out and if he blocks his cock as much as he's done in the past. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, he hasn't been good for for Fergo in the past. I mean, we are blaming that on Madison. We don't know one hundred percent that that was it. But now that um, as you say, Blake is back. Hmm. You know, all, all the the chips are against him again. Yeah, yeah, yep. All right, cool. All right, well, thanks, mate. Take care and good luck. You too. See ya. All right, see ya. Bye.